So uh, let me just open in prayer real quick. Father, we thank you for, for bringing us together this morning. Each and every one of us here, present, ready to hear your word, to receive what you have for us. Glory to God. Lord, we pray over those who couldn't be here this morning, your healing touch on each and every one of them. And let them know that, that they're on our hearts, uh, that we care for them and we think of them. And uh, glory to God. We just hope you bring a good word this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, this wasn't in my notes, but I want to do this first. Psalm 34. Is one of my favorite psalms, and I heard a young man read out Psalm 23 this morning, and that that brought Psalm 34 to me. and And in Psalm 34, I just love the way this starts. The first three verses, to me, just it just opens you up, right? And it says, "I will bless the Lord at all times." His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. And in verse 8, I like it says, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. And if you... Don't read Psalm 34 very often. Uh, I recommend it. I use it for everything. If the enemy comes after me, Psalm 34 always puts me back right where I need to be. Um, glory to God. So this morning, another one of my favorite verses is John 10:10, 10, 10. and. Uh, one of the things that we need to recognize, and this has been coming up a lot lately, there is a hell, there is a heaven, there's God the Trinity, and there is a devil. And I've even had people debate whether the devil exists, whether hell exists. Uh, people say... You're saved, you go to heaven, you're there for eternity, but those who aren't saved, they just end. That there is no eternal hell. There's no eternal damnation, that kind of thing. And, and if that were true, then what would be the reason to accept Christ? You know? And, and so uh, sometimes it's worth debating with that, sometimes it's not. But John 10 10. It just reminds me because Satan hates us. We are the ones that that God chose, and he just he cannot stand us. And so in John ten ten, it says, "For the thief came to kill, or excuse me, to steal, kill, and destroy." But I, Jesus, Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly. And so, 
I enjoy that verse because I can take that verse with anything that's going on in the world today. And if they're stealing, killing, and destroying, it's not God. Right? And so then we know it's the enemy. We can treat him that way. Um, so for me, most of you don't know, a few of you do, speaking in regards to healing, pre-Christ, before I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, about 19 years ago, I had heart surgery. I had a mini stroke at work, uh, ended up in the hospital, and it was fairly traumatic. I mean, I didn't know where I was at the time. Uh, they tell me my heart rate was about 180. EMTs calling me down. Pat and I talk about this occasionally because when I went through that experience and they had me sitting in a chair and they were trying to calm me down and all the voices around me. One of the voices I heard over every other voice, excuse me, it's a little, remembering it, it just, it is emotional, right? So the voice I heard over every other voice was my sister Brenda. Let me tell you, Brenda wasn't there. She was not present. And Pat and I talk about this. And do you know the angel of the Lord can mimic people's voices? And so I'm sure there was an angel there because it was a calming voice. And so we hear a lot of messages today. People will tell you, uh, Jesus heals. And He does. Right? But not everybody's faith is at that point where they can walk into a miraculous healing and step out. Now, before I knew Jesus, I knew God. I just didn't know Jesus. But I'll tell you what God did for me. He gave me the best heart surgeon there was around. And the man went in and worked miracles. Matter of fact, he got mad because he thought I went out and got drunk the night before surgery, which I didn't, because I almost bled out on the table. And it was, turns out it was a reaction to the act, the, the, the medication that was supposed to cause my blood to thin, I had a reaction to it, and it actually caused it to thin. But the man works, God's hand was on him, and I'm here today. So 19 years later, I've had open-heart surgery. I relied on physicians and medications and friends to help me get through that and family to get, get through that. Other healing that I've had, I was diagnosed with, my sister has uh, or had rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, so I went and got checked because I was having some symptoms. And so I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And this was 2008, nine, something like that. Right around there. I gave my life to the Lord. December of 2009, I believe it was. And we were in church, and they called us up. Well, they said, if anybody needs prayer, if you need hands laid on, 
you're sick, come on up. We'll do that. And so we came up front because I didn't like it. I was on medication. The medication made me feel like crap. And I just didn't like it. I've never liked medicine. And so I went up and had hands laid on me, right? It messes with you, doesn't it? And so we went up, and, and this is, and we just talked about this the other night. Even if you don't have a leading of the Lord to lay hands on somebody and pray over them, the Word of God says that you can go to the elders, they can lay hands on you, pray the prayer of faith over you for your healing, and that's what we did. It was an instant. But within six months, I was free. And I give glory to God for that. It, it's, so the Word of God, when I say the Word of God is reality, I've experienced the power of God in these things. Okay, I've experienced the power of God where something tries to come on me and my go-to is Psalm 107.20. For God sent His Word, and, and I make it personal, healed me and delivered me from my destructions. And so I'll go to bat with the devil anytime he tries to bring sickness and disease on me because it's not mine. It's a weapon he uses because he hates us. And if he can get us over into sickness and disease, he can keep us down. But we've got the victory. No matter how long it takes to come back and stand in that victory, we have the victory through Christ. So the Word of God to me is reality. It's truth. Now, Satan, Satan is deception. He's perversion. He is corruption. He can act like. Okay? And so if, so Proverbs 28.15, we've all heard this. It says, like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. 1 Peter 5.8, Peter refers back to it because he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do you notice it says like? He's not a lion. Who's he imitating? Okay? He, he's taking what, because we have Jesus as the lamb and the lion, he's taking that, twisting it, perverting it, he's going around roaring like a lion, trying to scare us, intimidate us, get us to run the opposite direction. And we talked about this at the revival because the male lion, when he roars, it's to intimidate and scare to cause them to run the opposite direction where the female lions who actually do the work are waiting for the victim. The devil's the same way. He just wants to run us away from God and towards 
his trap, his snare. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and this is verses 13 through 15. This one's a little more. So it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. So we see he can even come as an angel of light. Imitating, right? That's why it's so important that we know the Word of God. And he can add one word, two words, three words to a a verse. And if we're not paying attention, it looks like the right thing, but it changes it ever so slightly. Okay, and and we've got to pay attention to it. Now, so one of the questions that, that came up recently to me was, does God want me to have a long life? I mean, I'll be honest, the devil's tried a number of times. And I'm sure he has on each of us in here, Right? But does God want me to have a long life? And if I look at Genesis 6-3, which we were just in Genesis this morning in the Bible study, it says, The Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for he is flesh, yet his days will be 120 years. We've been sold a bill of goods that says 70 or 80 years. But do you know that 70 or 80 years is for the unsaved? He told Moses, I give you 120 years. That's what man gets. So if we want 120 years, we can, we can go 120 years. Um, in Psalm 91.16, He says, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so when I was challenged, does God want me to have a long life? I had to stop and look at the Word. And I found more places than I could write down, or we'd be here half a day. Uh, Proverbs 9, verses 10 and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied and the years of your life will be increased. So I'm seeing He does. And uh, Pastor Child said this one this morning. And that is Ephesians chapter 6, 1 and 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your mother, or excuse me, your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And in 1 Peter 3.10, 
and 11, and he's actually quoting Psalm, I believe it's Psalm, or excuse me, yeah, Psalm 34, verses 11 and 14, when he says this. And he says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So I've noticed I've got long life is mine if I want it. But he's telling me there's some conditions I've got to meet. And this is the great thing about being in church on Sundays, coming to Bible study, those kinds of things, being in small groups as we start learning, okay, what does He expect from me? Because I see Him when He's promising, but what do I have to do? And He's telling me, i gotta, I got to control my tongue. i got to watch my mouth. And, uh, and so for me, it, and He's pretty specific, you know, uh, keep your lips from speaking deceit. Keep your tongue from evil. Turn away from evil. Do good. These are things that, that He wants me to do. And in Deuteronomy 34.7, speaks about Moses. And it says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim nor his natural vigor diminished. So that sets a pretty high goal for me and for all of us if we want it. 120 years, his eyes didn't dim, his vigor didn't diminish. Moses was the man. I mean, that's, and he was a prophet of God and he was used mightily. But God doesn't discriminate. And so every one of us in here, God's waiting to use each and every one of us mightily. And it's up to it's up to us. Somebody said in Bible study, make sure you've got a good mentor. Uh, basically surround yourself with people who can help lift you up to a higher level, right? And, and that's what we do. It helps us to grow in the Lord, to know the Word, to understand the Word. And when we come together and we share it, there's an excitement in the room. Because we're getting... Well, we can sit and have a conversation and two hours will go by and, and we don't even know we've had that, that much time go by. It's so much, uh, so much fun. So, I answered my question, yes, God wants us to live a long life. Now, He helped us because He took captivity captive. Right? Psalm 68.18, it says, You have ascended on high, and it's speaking about Jesus. This was a, a David speaking as a prophet in this. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. And in Ephesians 4, verses 7-8, through 8, it says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So we didn't even determine it. 
but it was given to each one of us. His measure. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Well, who, who did he take captive? When it says he led captivity captive, he's talking about Satan. He defeated Satan. He took the keys from Satan. He claimed victory over Satan. All that oppression, all that destruction, sickness, disease, anything you can find under the curse, he took it captive. He imprisoned it. And if you go back to don't speak evil, don't be deceitful, those kinds of things, and you pay attention, is your tongue unlocking the gates that Jesus secured when He took captivity captive? Are we unlocking that gate and letting something out into our lives that Jesus says, hey, I already took care of that. You don't have any business with it. What do you want to do with it? Instead, He wants you, He gave you freely righteousness, faith, God's love. He gave you the victory. Yeah. Walk into the holidays full of joy. Your light can so shine. Okay? And I heard a man once say that he wants Jesus to shine through him so brightly. And every one of us has a light. We're going to draw different bugs, so to speak. Right? And so the ones that you draw to you because your light shines are going to be different maybe than the ones that others draw. Right? It's, it's like you were talking about somebody this morning not being able to get through to them. They're resistant to you, but don't you know, somebody else's light may shine in his life, and that is an attractant to him. And so, as Pat said, it's you pray for the laborers to go to the field. Because maybe, maybe you're not the laborer. Okay? It took... For my little brother, it took somebody else. It took well. It took him getting himself uh, bottom of the barrel, nowhere else to go but up to cling to Jesus. And God used an unlikely person in an unlikely situation to get him there. And then he got baptized. And now, and this is your hope. He and I can talk Scripture to one another. Right now we're in baby talk, right? I, I, I'll just send him one, one verse and we'll go over that for a week. Right? But that's a start. And so there's hope. And, and we want to keep that hope. We've got to believe in the Word of God. That's why Word of God has got to be our reality. It's got to be our truth, no matter what out there says, because out there is deception. Out there is perversion, corruption. Everything that will kill us is outside of the Word of God. 
It's outside of Jesus. Right? And so, hope, believe, stay in the Word. Now, one of the reasons I laid this groundwork this morning is because He gave us long life. He gave us a lot of promises. But why? What's the purpose? Why are we here? What are we supposed to do with a long life? What are we supposed to do with thousands of promises? What are we supposed to do with righteousness and faith and belief and hope and love? Spread the gospel. Reach out to people. Grow ourselves. Get encouraged in the Word. Get uplifted in the Word. That's why I started with Psalm 34 because it does. It uplifts me. It encourages me. If I have a bad day, I know exactly where I can go. Um, Let's see, I may mess up the, the, the verse on this one. Isaiah... 47.12, I think, but I may be getting it wrong. And that is, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. For my righteousness is of the Lord. And you can go, I believe it's Psalm 1.3 says, all that I lay my hand to shall prosper, for I'm like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Okay, my quiver is full. If I keep my quiver full when the enemy comes, I can tell him. 5417. Thank you. I can tell him. Your weapon, it's not going to prosper against me. My faith is strong. My shield is strong. When you look in Ephesians 6 and it talks about the armor, it talks about the shield, right? If your faith is strong, your shield's strong. If your shield is strong, it will block every fiery dart of the enemy. Right? Okay. And if you've got the word down in you, you got medicine, you got scriptures, you can pull them out and you can say, uh uh-uh. uh, my God did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me, and here's the sword, He gave me a spirit of power of love and a sound mind. And Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, I resist you. You must flee from me. You've got no place in me. And when I'm slinging the Word of God, when I'm slinging that sword, he can't resist that. It's not me doing it. It's the Word of God is the weapon. But I've got to have my faith built up. I've got to have the Word in me in order to pull it out. And and Psalm 23, Psalm 91. These are great weapons. They give you hope. Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, you're not walking through the valley of death. You're walking through the shadow of it. You're not stopping and camping out. You're going through. And you're not alone. Because He walks with you. 
And so we got to get the Word of God down in us, even if it's one verse of Scripture that we can stand up and shout at the devil, not today. Not today. So, a lot of what I'm talking about today was supposed to lead into the gifts of the Spirit. We, I don't want to say this, as we grow in the Lord, there's the fruit of the Spirit. These are the characteristics of Jesus that manifest in us peace, love, joy, uh, patience, which is one most people don't like, and so on. These are the, the characteristics of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit that manifest in us as we walk with Jesus through the Word. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, these are tools for us to use to help other people. And the Holy Spirit puts them on us as He wills. We don't have any control over it. If He's got, a, if you're in the right place at the right time and He's got to put a word of knowledge on you for somebody, He'll do it. A word of wisdom, He'll do it. Prophecy, He'll do it. But it's His doing, but it's not... If He gives me a word of knowledge, that word of knowledge isn't for me. This is a ministry tool to minister to somebody else because it's for them, but it comes through me. Right? And it's the same if, if Brother Scott here gets a word of knowledge, it's not going to be for him, it's going to be for somebody else, but it's coming through him from the Holy Spirit. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. And you've been talking on the Holy Spirit, and, and I love it. This is because... If fire is going to come from anywhere, it will come from the Holy Spirit. So, the gifts of the Spirit are broken into three categories. There's nine gifts, three categories. Um, the gifts of the Spirit, they're not given for personal benefit. Their operation is given to benefit another. So, you have the revelation gifts, and I'll just go over these quickly. Word of Wisdom. It's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God. So it's pertaining to His purpose, His plan for somebody. Word of knowledge, that's the second revelation gift, is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. So you could be literally standing somewhere. Somebody walks by you. Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, that person just went through this and they need to hear this word from you. And you don't even know them. And so, but if you're in obedience and you give the word of knowledge to the person as directed by the Holy Spirit, it's a help to that person. It may turn them around. It may change their whole outlook, not just on the day, but the year. Um, discerning of spirits, and this one is, is one, uh, there's several different explanations for discerning of spirits. 
This one, I believe, is, is the closest to the truth. And it is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit through which we can detect or recognize a specific spirit, whether it be of God or if it's evil. Um, and then there's three power gifts. The gift of faith. Now, we have faith, a measure of faith that was given to us when we received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but there's also a gift of faith. I like to call it supernatural faith because it goes above and beyond our natural faith. And that is supernatural manifestation of, oops, sorry, supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby a believer is empowered with special faith or wonder working faith. There's peace with this faith. There's calmness with this faith. There's power with this faith. When it comes on you, you recognize this isn't of you. But for some reason, glory to God, you know that you know that you know this. And there's peace, there's joy, there's an excitement with it. And you know it doesn't matter on you if it's going to manifest or not. It's going to manifest. It's going to happen. Okay? And, and if you haven't experienced that, you will. It's... And it's amazing. I mean, with the revival, I don't know why, but that was something that the Holy Spirit did for me. I knew that I knew that I knew that it was going to happen. No man could come against it and stop it. And it came to be. It wasn't because of me, but it was because of what the Holy Spirit did. Yeah, it, amen is right. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, so gift of faith. Gift of healing. God supernatural, naturally heals the sick through a ministry anointed by the Holy Spirit. So we've heard of some greats, right? Oil Roberts, A.A. Allen, uh, John G. Lake, um, Reinhard Bonnke. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of names out there. Guys who healed supernaturally because of the gift of healing that the Holy Spirit put on them. And, and these are what we tend to call the miraculous gifts, right? Or the miraculous healings. Uh, you see wheelchairs left behind. You see um, crutches left behind. Beds left behind. The paralytics, they get up and they walk. Jesus did this, right? And, and He said, greater works than me. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. So, then you have workings of miracles. And this is a man doing a supernatural act by the divine energy of the Holy Spirit. The inspiration gifts. These are some of the most challenged gifts in this world today. And when I name them, you're going to know why. Prophecy. How many false prophets do we have out there? How many people do we have on television giving prophecy about when the world's going to end? Let me give you a day and a time and you can set it on your calendar, right? And so what, what, when the enemy does that, it takes away from the belief 
in these inspirational gifts. And Satan doesn't want you inspired. He wants you held down. He wants you oppressed. He wants you bummed out. He wants you walking in a cloud of funk all day long. Right? And so if you start killing the inspirational gifts, it's hard for people to get inspired. So the gift of prophecy... Now, this is the anointed speaking forth of words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Words supernaturally given to the church as a gift from God. Now, we're not talking about, and people do confuse word of wisdom and, and prophecy. In the old days, the prophets, they prophesied. They told the future. When Christ came, that part, moved over, I'll call it, the word of wisdom. And prophecy is now the edification, the exhortation, the uplifting of the church by God through a minister or somebody with the gift of prophecy. So it's actually to uplift. It's to motivate. It's to inspire. It's to get you excited so your light can shine even brighter. The last two... The most controversial, the gift of tongues. And we're not talking tongues, the prayer language. This is the gift of tongues. This is a message from God to the church, supernaturally, in a language that's not understood. And the last one is the interpretation of tongues. And that is done supernaturally through the Holy Spirit, because honestly, if Scott stood up and gave something in tongues, I don't know the language. The Holy Spirit knows it. And so the interpretation has got to come through the Holy Spirit, but to put it out, to voice it, it's got to come through a person, right? So the Holy Spirit's working through a person to get that out. And it edifies, it exhorts, and lifts up the church. It's a message for the church. And so these inspirational gifts are very, very important. Because how do you get fire in the pulpit? You're inspired by the Holy Spirit. How do you get fire in your household? How do you get fire down in your own heart? How do you get passionate? about Christ if you at that moment are having a bad day, you're in that cloud, you work somewhere where everybody loves the world and hates God. Um, Military, you are around people who believe all kinds of things and they say all kinds of things. Right? And so you need the inspirational gifts. So if my passion's going to get lit, if I'm around people too long who are worldly and don't know God, then I've got to get around somebody like Scott or Mr. and Mrs. Child or my wife or my sister. I get around. I'm intentional. I have to get around people. Right? Because, man, I ain't feeling it today. But maybe today is the day 
that I run into your brother. Maybe today is the day that she runs into somebody's sister or aunt. Maybe today is the day that you speak to somebody in line at the grocery store. And so we have to have these gifts to edify, to exhort, to uplift. We can't be sold that short bill of goods that says those things don't exist anymore. Those died with the prophets. No, they didn't. Miracles don't happen anymore because Jesus isn't here. That's a lie. Right? You can't receive healing because God gave us doctors. Your child being born isn't a miracle. It's natural. When God says no, I knit you together in a womb. I knew you before you were born. I designed you. I created you. And He says, I love you. And I want you to love me. I won't be your number one is what God's telling you. And so we, we've got to stir up that passion in us for Him and not be afraid to share it with one another. He is our strength. He is our light. Glory to God. And it's pray over family. Pray over family. It's, it's so important. And if you need prayer, don't be afraid to ask for prayer. It, it's so very important. And so I guess that it, to end this, I want to say, so why would God invest so much in us if we aren't meant for anything? How many of y'all have heard the enemy tell you you're worthless? You're never going to amount to anything. You can't do anything right. I've heard it. I've heard it a lot. Okay? And and I'm telling you, He wants to stop you because each and every one of you has a work inside you. Glory to God. And He just wants you with Him. it's and and it's amazing because because of Corey and this is what we talk about right so here's the light so Pat and I come here long story short my stepdad was dying of cancer we came back we helped there was a lot of transitioning I got three great months with him a lot of beautiful things happened. She works at the vet office where we took all our animals. We came cross-country from Washington State with four cats and a dog, and they all needed help. 
And so she got to know us. But the light in her shined so bright we couldn't resist. And we were believers. And we were seeking other believers. And so we connected with her. She invited us to Bible study. And lo and behold, we come in, we sit down to Bible study, and, and Corey was there, but her husband wasn't there yet. And so we're like, okay, no biggie. All of a sudden, he walks in, and he and I look at each other and go, no way. Because we went to school together. Third through fifth. Yeah, third, fourth, fifth grade, and eighth grade. And, and it was like, click. It, it just all fit, but that's the way God moves. That's the way God moves. If she hadn't been willing to step outside her comfort zone at the vet's office and invite us to Bible study, I don't know if we'd have met. And all the people that we've met since. I mean, it's been amazing. It's amazing how He works, but it started with light. started with an invitation. Right? It started with somebody willing to allow God to work through her. He's in every one of us. Every one of us can be that light to somebody else. Glory to God. And, and, and that's how we declare victory over the devil. Right? We don't let him take one of our friends. We don't let him take a family member. We don't let him take even a distant relative. We don't even let him take somebody we don't like. Because we can pray over those people. Lord, bless them. I may not like what they're doing. I don't agree with what they're doing, and I know you don't like it, Lord. But bless them. Send the laborer to their field. Because I want you to have a harvest, Lord. And I know that that person, that soul, that spirit, you want it. You desire it. And if you desire it, I desire it. Psalm 37.4 Glory to God. Delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. So if you desire for your kids to be saved, delight yourself in the Lord. Pray over your kids. What you'll find as you grow in the Lord, at least I've found as I've grown in the Lord, my desires start to become more like His. Because when I first read that, my desires were, Lord, when a cart starts every day. Lord, I want my bills paid. I want my, my paycheck to go further than my bills go. Simple things. I want to buy name brand food in my cabinet and not generic. Right? These little things. But as I grew in the Word and I grew in the Lord, I found that I wanted the love of God. I wanted salvation for others. I wanted what Jesus desired. Not one would be lost. And so as we get closer and closer to Him, like I said, the fruit of the Spirit, when you read about the fruit of the Spirit, you're reading about the characteristics of Jesus. And these are the characteristics that will manifest in us as we get closer to Him. And the devil will try to recycle sin. He'll try to recycle dumb things we've done in our past. But you know, when God forgave that, He forgot it. And we don't have to worry about that anymore. 
He washed us in the blood of the Lamb. He made us innocent. Glory to God. And then He gave us brothers and sisters so we wouldn't be alone. And it's, it's a joyful thing. You know? It's a joyful thing. We can walk in Christ in joy, in peace, in love, and then share it. Right? Glory to God. So, that's, that's about all I got today. Yeah. <laughs>